The coronavirus is a threat to refugee camps everywhere. Often sanitary conditions are terrible. Social distancing is almost impossible. Today, the world's Shirin Jafari brings us a story about two camps in northeastern Syria, home not just to refugees, but also a group of people suspected of having ties to the Islamic State. Some of them come from Western countries that have refused to take them back. Five years ago, on a summer day, Michelle said goodbye to her sister. When I hugged her, it didn't feel like I was going to hug her for the last time. Michelle, who asked that I only use her first name, says her sister was going through a rough patch at the time. She'd grown up in a Christian family in Canada, but converted to Islam. She'd gone through several unsuccessful marriages and was struggling with her mental health, Michelle says. And I could tell she was kind of cycling like she was going to do something because things weren't going so well for her. I had some concerns about her, like, you know, when she did leave. But I thought, well, okay, you know, maybe this will do her some good. Michelle's sister told her she found a job in Austria. She had a friend there, so it wasn't completely out of the blue. But what her family didn't know at the time was that she had secretly married a man online. He was a member of the Islamic State, and she was going to join him in Syria. And then she did go to Austria, and she did send some pictures. And then she, I just didn't hear anything from her. The next time Michelle and her family heard about her sister was from the Canadian intelligence services. They told them she was in Raqqa, the capital of the so-called Islamic State Caliphate in Syria. Michelle couldn't believe it. What could I have done differently? And what, how, how did it ever get to be to this, this extent? Between 2014 and 2016, hundreds of Westerners traveled to Syria. Among them, young women from Europe, Canada and the U.S. who got married and had children there. By 2017, the U.S.-led coalition and local forces had driven out ISIS from most of its territory. Islamic State fighters were either killed or taken to prisons. But many of the women and children were sent to camps in Kurdish-held territory in northern Syria. Al-Hol and Roj are two of the biggest camps. Elizabeth Surkov is with the Foreign Policy Research Institute. Those who are still at the camp are overwhelmingly women and children and are not suspected of carrying out any activities on behalf of ISIS. And if they are suspected, if such information reaches the Kurdish authorities, then they are arrested. Surkov researches Syria and Iraq and has visited the camps. She's also in contact with some of the women there. She says the conditions were bad even before the coronavirus pandemic. There are almost on a daily basis children dying in the camp of preventable diseases, particularly uh, during the winter. Now local doctors tell her it's a humanitarian disaster in slow motion. And they expect that once the pandemic uh, hits the area, it will uh, go through the camp very, very quickly. Sonia Kush, Syria director for Save the Children, says crowded conditions will make it impossible to prevent the spread of the virus. The population of Al-Hol camp is four times the density of New York City. So the idea that all these social distancing measures can be easily put in place is just not realistic. There are roughly 11,000 foreign women and children at Al Hol camp alone, says Kush. The pandemic, she says, has made it difficult to get daily necessities to them. Borders are closed, airports have shut down, and aid workers themselves have to take precautions to prevent the spread of the disease. 
At the same time, the families associated with the Islamic State face stigma back home. Elizabeth Serkov again. Some countries are not interested in having any children back or a- anyone from the camp, uh, no matter their age, due to political considerations, essentially. Some countries have revoked citizenship of the camp's residents, so they can't go back. At the same time, the U.S., U.K. and Germany have repatriated a few of them, mostly children. An outlier so far is Canada. At the moment, we have 45 Canadians in al Hol, Camp Roj and the prisons in northeast Syria. 27 of these Canadians are children. Alexandra Bain is the director of Families Against Violent Extremism. We work with families of mostly Canadians who have had someone, son, daughter, relative, who has caught up in violent extremism. Her organization wants the Canadian government to bring back all its citizens, but especially the children in these camps. I think we owe it to to ourselves to make sure that Canadian citizenship means something. People have fought wars before. There have been camp followers before. We're big enough to do this. The Canadian Security Intelligence Service didn't respond to my questions about repatriation of Canadian citizens. Michelle, whose sister is in one of the camps in northern Syria, says she worries about her condition every day. Her sister also has three children. It's not humane to keep somebody captive without letting them know when they can get out or give them access to legal help. Michelle says the pandemic makes all of this more difficult. Still, she's hopeful that one day she can hug her sister again. For The World, I'm Shirin Jafari.